Father, we come to you tonight asking that you would speak to us through your word as we start Genesis. We start the Torah. And we ask that you would truly give us new revelation and new eyes to see in this chapter. And that, Lord, as we go through this book together, as we go through the Bible, Lord, books, that we would be diligent in reading daily, that you would remind us to read the chapter a day, Lord. And that it would be a breeze to us, and that it would be wonderful, and it would be refreshing, that we would gain much from it. Come and meet with us, Father. Please give me words tonight. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, the beginning of the Bible. Again, you're starting again. Genesis chapter 1, the Bible is made up of how many different books? And how many different authors? 40 different authors over what period of time? 14, 15, 1600, I think, 15, 1600, right in there somewhere. How many different languages? Three, three different languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, written by people of all kinds of different occupations, from kings to fishermen to you name it, they're in there. This book comes together so well, with no contradictions. Remember, if me and you wrote a book and put it together, two people, we'd have contradictions instantly. If we wrote 66 different books. Man, going to be some huge contradictions. If we put 40 or 38 more people involved, oh snap, there's going to be problems. If we put three different languages in there, who knows what's going to happen? And then 1,500 years in between the writing of these things? If the Bible had 100 contradictions in it, it would still be the most amazing book to ever walk the face of the earth. But it has zero. And there is none. And we ask the man continually out on the street to show us where it is, if there is one. It is amazing. It predicts the future. I believe it's 1,500 times. 1,500 have been predicted and come true, and I think there's still another 500 or so, or 300 or so to go. Amazing. This book... Is awesome. The revelation of God to His people. Right here. And we start in the beginning. Genesis, written by Moses. Let's read together. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Stop there. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Created, bara, out of nothing. Remember? If I try to create something right now, like, you know, it's not going to work. doesn't matter how hard I try or push or think or... Nothing will just come out of nothing. It doesn't happen. But God can create something out of nothing. Nothing. What He did with me and you, we were nothing. Made us new creations in Christ Jesus. This word God here, Elohim, 
not El, Elohim, the plural. The plural version of God shown here is amazing because we can see that there is a trinity all the way even back or some kind of plurality to God all the way back in the beginning. He states it there in the first verse. There is some something that I'd like to, you to look into yourself there between verse 1 and 2. Jay, did you want to give a quick comment on verses, between verse 1 and 2 maybe? With Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, you know, the gap theory, these kind of things. I don't know if you wanted to comment on it, I was just going to kind of leave it open if you did. I don't think so. That's what I was saying. I, I was interested if you wanted to comment or even give a quick, you know, the two quick theories. Well, if you uh, can do it in a, in a minute or less, or two minutes or so. I'll just give you a quick overview. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then, the second verse, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Some scholars think that between verses 1 and 2, there's a gap of time in which uh, Satan and, and all the angels fell from heaven, and uh, that's when the earth became uh, void and without form. Okay, so basically, uh, there was a time gap there of, you know, Lord knows how many millions of years, some scholars think, and that's how they account for maybe old earth theories. Some, uh, you know, biblical scholars think that the earth is, you know, millions of years old, while others, you know, adhere to a young earth, which is around 6,000 years old. So that would more or less be their, their best explanation for old earth in the Bible. So uh, we, don't, we don't necessarily hold to that. Uh, there's not necessarily any good evidence for it, but that's just a theory that's, that's being circulated out there. So I just wanted you to check in. You'll, you'll hear this come up, this gap theory, and, and just a quick explanation as Jay has brought to the table. You can look into it more yourself and, um, and maybe get more information from Jay afterwards. But verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Let there be light, and there was light. So guess what? At one time, there was no light. Complete darkness, pitch black, nothing. Can you make light in a dark room? Can you with your hands or with your body or with it, just make light? God said, let there be light, and there was light. Psalm 33, I just want to read it to you real quick. You can take note, Psalm 33, verses 6 through 10, I'm going to read. Speaking about the king letting light happen, and a little bit on the creation. It says in verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap, and he layeth up the depth and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Amazing. Let all the earth bring praises unto him. Why? Because he spoke and it was done. He said it and it happened. The power of speaking, the power of words. God spoke it and it happened just like that. The power of God that we can see just even in his voice and his mouth. Can you say, chair move? And the chair will move. 
Can you say door close and it will close? God can. With your problems and situations, Jesus said what when the storm was raging? Be still. Be still. The power of His mouth stopped it instantly. The trial or problem that you're going to, the Father can say, be still instantly and it will stop and fall. You must understand the power and control of the King. He is in control. He will not fail. God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, verse 4. And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Amen. Notice the order here. Notice the order in verse 5. you see that? Evening, then morning. This equals one day. Interesting. This is, this is the way the Jews look at days, and I experienced this when I was in Israel. On Shabbat, when Shabbat starts is when? When the sun goes down on Friday. Sun goes down on Friday. That means when the night starts, that's when Sabbath starts. That's when the day begins. And I, I like this. Darkness to light. Darkness to light. The Father always brings light to the darkness. And He will every single time in your life and mine too. But more than that, I like, what do you do in the night? You rest. In the beginning, you rest. During the light, you work. And I was looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, the Father truly does cherish us as individuals. A man cannot work unless he rests. A man cannot stay focused unless he rests. It is very important that we get this time of rest in each and every day so that you are ready for the next. How will you be prepared? How can you work hard and diligently? How can you seek the face of the Father? And we must not be oversleeping. When the sun comes up, it's time to go. And I almost like this way of thinking. I, I, it's, it's weird how America, America's time schedule is about, it's not from, it's definitely not from sunrise to sunset. That's not a day. It's not when the light is out, when the sun is out, when it's light out. That is when uh, we function, and when the sun goes down, everything stops. I don't think so. When the sun goes down, a lot of life begins. And I almost wonder if the Lord has made it just in a perfect way. That's the reason why the sun goes down exactly what it does, and the moon comes up exactly what it does, so that everybody knows it's time to stop. It's time to rest. It's time to fellowship. It's time to be a family. It's time to go to sleep. And to wake up early in the morning the next morning and be ready to go. I don't know when's the last time any of you have seen the sunrise. But I saw it rise every single day in Mexico and it's the most beautiful time.
time, I think even more so than the sunset, there's just something about it. When the sun goes down, life is still happening. When the sun rises, nothing is happening. Everything is dead still and peaceful and calm. It's the perfect time to spend with the Lord. Let the sun rise in your life in each day. I'm not pushing you to wake up early, being legalistic, but man, try it sometime. Make sure you're getting that rest. Make sure you're able to work hard and be diligent. In my life, I had to change that for myself. I, it is mandatory that I be in bed by 12 o'clock every night because I will stay out with the friends and do stuff that I shouldn't, maybe shouldn't be doing hanging out too late. <coughs> so that I can wake up 7, 8 o'clock every single day. 7 is my goal. If I can wake up at 7, I am stoked. I'm happy. I can take my walk with my king. I can eat my... English muffin, <coughs> eat my life cereal, <coughs> be ready to go. I get a life every single morning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Verse 6, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the water, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Firmament, what is this? This is the atmosphere. The atmosphere that you see, the distance between the earth, the the ground, the dirt, and the sky. Now, it said that there was waters. It's split between. We've talked about this before, remember? God divided the water somehow with the firmament. Okay, so there's waters on the ground or there's waters hovering over the earth and all of a sudden he splits it in half. Now there's water around the earth on top of the atmosphere and also on the ground. So you have this, many of you have heard, a canopy around the earth. It's like a greenhouse. Perfect temperature, perfect weather all the time. People wonder why there on, in the Arctic, you find tropical vegetation, you find fossilized tropical vegetation, you, you see these things happening, why would that be down there, how could that ever happen? Well, if there's a canopy around the earth, and it's the same temperature all the time, no UV rays beating down on you, the sun isn't hammering you, no. I experienced this when I was in uh, Tel Dan, you remember Jay? Tel Dan, when we were in there, in that, they call it the Garden of Eden, or paradise, because... You walk in, you seriously, you walk into this thing, and it's just like trees and stuff growing up over you. It's, all, it's like some kind of canopy that is like closed in, and everything in there is so green and so crisp. It's so much cooler, and there's water running under everything, and so just giving everything such life. It's so green and beautiful. But this canopy around the earth now creates a greenhouse. No wonder men could live maybe up to 900 years before the flood. They're living in just, I mean, just perfect climate. You can't beat it. You're not getting sunburned. You're not getting skin cancer or anything like that. Everything is growing and prospering perfectly because, well, it's a greenhouse. It's a giant greenhouse. It can't be all around the earth, and this is the way it was. Move on to verse 9. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together, 
unto one place, and let the dry land appear as it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called the seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the earth yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and the herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. This is awesome. Fruit has its own seed in it. I just It blows my mind sometimes that a tree can just reproduce on its own. It really doesn't need anybody or anything. Say a bird like from some uh, comes and grabs an apple off the ground and swallows a seed, and then when he's flying, yeah, he drops it out, and uh, it goes and it falls in the ground, and then all of a sudden it gets in the ground, and you know rain comes and it waters, and a tree just grows, and then all of a sudden it reproduces and has seed in it once again, and an apple could just fall from the tree and roll off, and then a, you know maybe some ants come and eat it away, and all of a sudden a seed falls in the ground and it starts again. Crazy. Crazy! It's just amazing the way... Look at a banana. <laughs> it's perfectly packaged. It fits... I mean, right in your hand. I mean, like, there's even little rivets for your fingers. It was made for you to eat. I mean, it was made for your mouth to enjoy. Like, this tree was made solely for me to eat a human. I mean, it's just classic. It works perfectly. And it's packaged perfectly. It's not going to go bad. Unless you let it. <laughs> but these kind of things, they just intrigue me, you know, that there is seed inside of a tree. It just takes care of itself somehow. On the third day, life was brought forth. The third day, life was brought forth. Check this out. There's a man who called himself the way, the truth, and the life. And he rose on the third day. Just so happens that the third day life is brought to the earth. So in the same way, on the third day, the third day, we see Jesus our King, the way, the truth, and the life coming to life. Amazing. Great picture. Verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days, and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven, to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the moon. I mean, to rule the night. <laughs> the sun and the moon. He made the stars also. Verse 17. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So what does God make on the fourth day? He brings stars, the sun, and the moon. And did you see there in verse, um, verse 14, did you see there? It says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament. What's the firmament? The atmosphere. Stay with me. The atmosphere. 
The firmament is the atmosphere, and there was lights in the atmosphere. What are the lights? Stars. The day, he divided the day from night, and then it says here, in the second half of verse 14, take a look. And let them be for signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. Interesting. Signs? Signs? Signs, that's random. I was thinking about this, I'm like, signs... The word signs here, it can mean miraculous sign, or a signal, or a distinguishing mark. The word is oath. Do you remember when there was a sign given in the stars? A child was born. Emmanuel, God with us. He used the stars. I wonder if God even referencing all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, the signs in the stars. A miraculous sign. Right there. Number two, what about the sun? Do you remember Joshua and the battle? He, he calls upon the Lord, and the Lord makes the sun stand still for one day, and they win the battle because of it. And then there in, in Revelation also, that's found in Joshua chapter 10, but also in Acts, it says this, Revelation also, Acts chapter 2, verse 20, The, sh- the sun shall be darkened to darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and noble day of the Lord comes. We know that the moon will be used in the future. And it will turn into blood, it says. Very interesting that the Lord, even back here in verse 14, in the beginning of the book, said that He would use the stars and the sun and the moon for signs. And He has, and He is going to. The heavens declare His glory, David says. If you ever need to be refreshed or blessed, I go outside at nighttime. It's quiet. Look up at the stars and see how small you are. And see how much your God wants to communicate with you and be close to you. I love reading that scripture, Be still and know that I am God. And being very still and just looking at the stars and just spending time with the Lord by ourselves. Friends, listen up. Family. I tell you guys this time and time again. But I wonder what the percentage of us that actually do this. We talk about this time. You know this thoroughly. But are you really spending the time? Are you really going out there? Are really being quiet with the Lord and letting Him speak to your life? Don't miss out on the special things that He has given us, like the stars and like the moon, which remind us of Him. It's such a blessing, and I know that you have been blessed in those times too, so please, take heed to those words. Let's move on to verse 20. And God said... God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life and fowl that may fly above the earth, the open firmament of heaven, or the atmosphere. And God created great whales and every living creature that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good, And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea, and let the fowl 
multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. There on the fifth day God created the fish, the whales, and the birds. Interesting, He created them before He created all the land animals and, and the man. Let's continue on. Verse 24, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Stop there. There's a phrase there that's used over and over and over. After his kind, after their kind. And this is a death blow, I guess, to evolution. After his kind, after their kind. And just a quick note, which I looked up, which is really cool, a quick fact. The scientists have been able to breed fruit flies. Fruit flies, you know, fruit flies? Little things that, you know. Scientists have been able to breed fruit flies into millions of generations. And guess what? They're still fruit flies. Not one turned into a honeybee. There's still fruit flies, millions of generations. Evolution says that fruit cut, a fruit fly can become a bee. These are two different kinds. Jay, did you want to quote anything on that? Yeah, sure. Basically, uh, when the Bible says it's after its own kind, meaning that you know dogs come from dogs, cats come from cats, so humans come from humans, and. Uh, Basically, evolution said that we all came from one single cell, so basically we, we're all related. All living things are related according to evolution, but the Bible contradicts that, saying that every animal was brought forth after its own time. So uh, there's no way to really correlate evolution with the Bible. The, if one were to tell you they believed evolution and the Bible, it's just not possible because they're two completely different teachings. And Plus, there's no good evidence for evolution anyway, so... Amen. Amen. That's right. I mean, let, let's just say this. Yeah, could a cat and a lion be related? Yeah, they're all cats. Yeah, a dog and a coyote. Yeah, that's for sure. You can see that. It's it's easy to tell. But a fly and a donkey. Uh, how did that happen?
it's easy to understand. It's not difficult. But we try. This is what happens, friends. This is what happens when we get outside of the box of God. When we try to live our lives in ways that are far from the King, we do crazy stuff. We act like animals, per se. You know, I don't know how many of my friends that are still lost and don't know the King, but really think it makes sense to go and... I, I remember a guy, just I remember this guy, Jeremy. He's telling me this. It's like, dude, all you need to do, man, just work hard during the week and then just have fun on the weekends. Like, well, it's having fun, man. He's like, dude, you know, you just go, and it's fun to get plastered, you know, and do these things, and, and you know, you just, just make, sure, make sure you have a good time and making sure that you're just really experiencing life and enjoying your friends and family, you know, and... and just, you know, just party, man. Just have a good time. And I think that sounds good. It really does. It really does, even for me, Josh Thompson. That does sound cool, and I see the coolness in it to a certain extent. But when maybe five out of my ten friends become alcoholics and maybe punch their girlfriend out, or get stabbed because they got mad at some guy because they're drunk, or driving and kill a family on their way to go get some ice cream. Or grow up and become an alcoholic and beat their kids one day. Get alcohol poisoning in their liver where they can't even live to play ball with their kids. It's not cool. It doesn't work here. I'm not down to go that far. Jeremy, my man, yeah, that's a fun time. I've been there. But it ain't fun enough to continue doing that. I don't see good fruit from it. It ruins people. It messes up homes. It messes up families. And God forbid that any one of you, my friends, that we walk away from the king you have walked away from him, and I have too. We've all experienced it. And when you do, hey, things get messed up. How many people, how many times have we seen, and even on our own lives, that we walk away and we realize, how long does it take? You know how many older men have told me, Josh, I wish I was doing what you were doing when you were young, when I was young. Gosh, I wish I was awake. Robert was just sharing with me today about music and playing in a band. And, you know, he toured the United States and he's a bass player. And just, Robert, the Lord spared him somehow not getting into all the drug scene. All of his band was, but he was not partaking. He was just a good you know, guy. just saw that it wasn't going to help his life. Wasn't he just not down for that. But all the things that were happening, he says, man, I wish that we would have been doing that kind of stuff when we were younger, just following Jesus and living right lives and establishing good foundation for our families one day and helping our friends around us. It's important. You get outside the box and you start thinking crazy things like monkeys and bananas are related and a tree and the bird had the same dad, you know, or we all came from rocks. You know, it's like... A whale and an ant. 
<laughs> Drinking is fun. Oh, snap. We start thinking this way. Must stay focused. We must stay focused. Let's finish up this chapter and be done. And God said, let us make man in our image. Our image. Who is our? Well, snap, the Lord is speaking in plurality as if He is more than one. But we know that God is one. Looks like an example of the Trinity here. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl or the bird of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God He created him. Male and female created He them. God blessed them. We're going to stop right there real quick at verse 27. He created in, in, in His own image. Three. We are made up of three parts. Do you know that? Physical, which is what you're looking at. Ta-da! Soul. The soul. The soul is what? Your personality. It's who you are on the inside. It's what you like to do. It's you. You on the inside. I don't know how to pull you out, but whatever is in, it's you. It's your personality. It's here in your mind. And number three, the eternal of you, the spirit. Made up of three parts. Physical, the soul, the mind, the you, and the spiritual side. The way we are made up and the way man and woman go together. Guess what? All three things must line up, man and woman together. Physical, yeah, you've got to be attracted. Man, she's hot. Man, he's a stud. He's handsome. Number two, the soul. You guys like to do the same things. You enjoy. Sure, not everything's going to be lined up, but hey, you click. Things work. It's great. And number three, the spirit. You follow Jesus with all your life. They love Jesus more than they'll ever love you. Important things. While we're on the topic, just real quick. Four things that you need to know if you're ever going to get married. Four things you need to have ready since we're speaking about man and woman. Number one, family. You've got to be good with their family. If you're not good with their family, you're going to have problems. Because mother-in-law is going to say this, or father-in-law is going to say that, and it's just going to light up, and things are not going to... There's going to be problems. I think Robert and many older people could probably testify who's been married for a long time that it's important to have the family right. Number two, finances. Money is like one of the biggest issues that you have divorce and arguments in these days. Because people jump into things, and, and it's very important. I'm not saying that... You shouldn't, but, you know, just be wise. Finances. Number three, friends. Got to be best friends. Got to be best friends. Best friends. Over everyone else. Over any other person. And number three, your faith. Of course, the four F's. Your faith must be the same and must be full on. Family? What's going on? Did you get that from Mr. J? Yes. <laughs> Mr. Johnston, Ramona High School, 
my favorite teacher in the world, the four S that he shared with me, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Say it again. Did he just share that with you guys, Valentine's Day? Yeah! <laughs> Shout out to Mr. J, yeah! female in his own image, and those are made up of physical, the soul, and the spirit. And let's finish this up. Verse 28, And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, verse 29, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth. And every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed, to you it shall be from meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air or bird, and to everything that creeps upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Very good. I like that. And the evening... And the morning were the sixth day. Days one through six, God worked and created what you see before us. This earth is amazing. In Romans chapter one, it says, "No man is a, every, no man has any excuse to be saying that there is no God." Walk outside and look, friends. God has created this earth as a playground for you and me to enjoy. Enjoy it. Go outside. Go to a park and just kick it and listen to the wind. Enjoy this life. Enjoy this playground that He's given us. We are blessed in this way. I'm going to close with this. Gosh, I'm over. We are blessed in such a way that this earth, how big is this earth? It's pretty big. I mean, it is huge. I was just talking to Austin Barnhill on the phone today, and he's like, dude, unless you travel, you just have no clue how big, how big this earth really is. Because you just think, like, this is a big city, and this is, you know, go down to L.A. or San Diego or... You know, down to the beach or up to the mountains, like, wow, we live in pretty big... This is nothing. It's a dot on the map. Multiply that by a million. That's how big this place is. And I would encourage you guys to experience Jesus through nature, to experience Jesus through spending time outside, to experience the Lord through... Just reading here in Genesis chapter 1 and seeing all the things that he's created. Look at a tree. Go look at the intricacy of it. A leaf. It's amazing. Let God be real in your life in this way. You see all these things. Wow, I know who created that. I know who put this blade of grass right here. I know. He's my friend. I talk with him daily. I spend time with him. Father, why did you make grass? 
just because it's pleasing to my eye, because I love to roll around in it. Why is it itchy? What's the deal? Is that because of the fall? Talk to the king about these things and let him speak to your heart. I asked the Lord one time what shadows meant and why. Just, and I, I don't know if it was the Lord speaking to me or if it's just my mind playing tricks on me, but this is what I heard and this is what I wrote. I wrote it down in my journal. Like, what's the deal with the shadow? The shadow, the sun. It shows you that there's a dark side to you at all times, that there is a dark side, that there is sin, that you're still in this sinful nature. But it reminds you of the sun. It reminds me of the Son continually. Jesus, our King, has died for that side, has died for that shadow. And guess what? In heaven, there's no shadows because there's no sin. Jesus lights up everything. There's no need for light because He is the light, the Son. Just amazing little things like that. Is that something we need to get doctrinal about? Spoke to me. It was a blessing unto me. Let God speak to you in that way through the creation through Genesis chapter 1. Amen? Amen. Birds that remind us that we're not going to be on here this earth for long. We're all going to fly away one day. It's true. So let me pray a blessing on you guys. Father, I just say thank you, King, that you have been so good to us, that you did create this thing, that you didn't look at us and they say, they're hopeless. I can't, I, I'm not even going to try. I'm, I'm just going to let this whole thing crash to the ground. That you would send, that you would come down and that you would die for us. You'd build that gap, Lord, even though we ruined everything. Back to you, that you would give us that gift of heaven for free. Help us, Father, to experience your creation. Help us to experience what you created with your own hands. Let us find your glory and your amazingness in it. Help us, King. Remind us to take walks with you. Remind us to spend real time with you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the work that you've done. Speak to our hearts tonight as we go away. And please, don't let these words fall on deaf ears, Lord. Please, somehow, take the meat, Lord, and store it in us, and let the bones fall. Let each one be ministered to in a special way. As they walk around tomorrow, looking at your creation, experiencing you, Jesus. As the wind blows, Lord, you make the wind blow. It's you doing it. It's you speaking to us. I pray, God, that you would open our eyes to see things in a heavenly perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.